When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is going on everyone, my name is Andy, welcome back to another FPL video, and this one it's transfer tips for game week 5, so as always I'm going to go through some of the popular moves in and out of people's squads and discuss whether they are good moves or not. If you enjoyed the video make sure to give it a like, hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already, and if you want to check out your suggested transfers for your own team, make sure to check out Fantasy Football Hub, there's a 7 day free trial at the moment and up to 30% off, all the links you need are in the description below. So let's start off with Marcus Rashford, he finally gets his first goal of the season and arguably his hardest fixture that he's had so far Arsenal away and then people sell him quite heavily he's been sold by 265,000 FPL managers already this week ahead of a fixture run that looks like Brighton at home Burnley away Palace at home and Brentford at home it's not the easiest fixture run you could have but it's certainly not bad either Man United will score goals in those games and let's not forget Brighton haven't kept a clean sheet yet Burnley have just conceded five goals to Spurs and then you got back-to-back -back home games against Palace and Brentford. So things look pretty good. In isolation, I don't think that Rashford needs to be sold. I know why he's being sold this week in particular, because of Madison and Son, especially with Sheffield United at home. But Rashford in isolation doesn't need to be sold, I would say. And also it's worth noting, since he moved back to left wing, and this is only a two-game sample size, he has got three attack and returns. So two assists against Forrest. And now one goal against Arsenal as well. And I think Hoyland will play a much bigger part for Man United after the international break. And that's only going to help players like Fernandes and Rashford as well. And I think sometimes it's a perception thing, right? Man United been really bad. Rashford hasn't been great. Whereas Madison been great. And Spurs have been fantastic as well. But the difference between Madison and Rashford is one attack and return. Madison has three. Uh, sorry, Madison has four. Rashford has three. So it's not like he's miles behind. And I fully get it. Spurs have looked better and Madison has been great. But one extra return for Rashford and suddenly he's quite close to Madison's overall points and he's got better fixtures over the next three. I do get the desire to have a Spurs player for Sheffield United at home, but then it's Arsenal away and Liverpool at home. Like if you had Madison or Son, you wouldn't be selling through that. But I think there's an argument to be made that Man United attackers could match them or even outscore them over the next three weeks. Probably not this week, Sheffield United is a really good fixture. But after that, Burnley away and Palace at home are definitely better than Arsenal away and Liverpool at home. So just think about that a little bit. Um, but yeah, if you sold Rashford to get a Spurs player, I don't see a huge issue with it. But generally for most people, I think there's a bit of an overreaction with Rashford and he's perfectly fine to hold going forward. So next up is Christian Romero, the most transferred in defender ahead of game week five. And there's really two things to think about here. One is a Spurs defender worth bringing in in general. And two is Romero the best of the options that they have. Now in terms of bringing in a Spurs defender, it looks really good this week. They got Sheffield United at home in game week five, one of the best defensive fixtures you can get. But in game week six and seven, it's Arsenal away and Liverpool at home. And look, Spurs have started the season really strongly. Maybe they can go and get a result in either of those games. But the chance of getting a clean sheet are really low. So if you're bringing in a Spurs defender to play this week, bench for two weeks, 
and then look to play them again against Luton away and Fulham at home in games eight and nine. That looks perfectly reasonable, but I wouldn't want to bring one in to play the next three weeks. So I've got this exact thing with my own team. And if you want to check all this out, there's links in the description below to uh, Fantasy Football Hub. I've got Udogi playing this week, Sheffield United at home, great fixture, uh, Chilwell and Saliba. But when I go to game week six... I'm happy to play Chilwell again because he's got Villa at home and I'm going to bring in Estepinian off my bench, probably through Doggy. But then I've got Saliba to worry about because he's got Spurs at home and I don't think he's going to keep a clean sheet. So it's okay for me because I've already got Udogi on the bench uh, for some weeks and I play him in others. And I know at some point I've got to make a defender transfer. But if you're kind of starting fresh here... You need to make sure you can cover game week six and seven. If you need to bring in a defender that needs to play every week, so five, six, and seven, I'd maybe look to a Newcastle defender instead. So Botman, if he's fit, Share if not, and obviously Trippier if you've got a bit more money to spend. But overall, I've already got a Spurs defender. I'm not looking to get rid of them. I think they're a really good option. I don't think Romero is the one that I would be buying. I know that he hasn't blanked yet. He's kept two clean sheets and in the other games he scored. Very unlikely to keep that record up. If we look at the last two seasons, and look, maybe he's been practicing from set pieces and stuff. But he scored no goals last year. He got two assists. And the season before, it was only one goal. So he's not got a massive like a huge record in terms of attack and returns or anything like that. So I probably wouldn't go for him. I would go for one of the fullbacks, Udogi and Porro. Now, if you think Porro's minutes are going to look really good going forward, he probably is the one to go for. But I've said this before, and I've heard this on other podcasts, like James on Planet FPL has mentioned this as well. I think Emerson Royale is more competition for Porro than Ben Davies is for Udogi. And so I'd probably go for the player that costs a little bit less. And, you know, is more likely to be on the pitch rather than someone like Poro. So if I was buying a Spurs defender this week, it would almost certainly be Udogi. And to be fair, he's quite popular as well. So he's been transferred in by 253,000 people this week, whereas Romero's 357,000. I get it. If you look at defender um, total points so far this season, I think he's right at the top. Yeah, 27 points. So I, I completely get it. But Doggy's not far behind. I think going forward, he's a better option. Also, Romero is a bit of a yellow card magnet. Last two seasons, it's kind of nine and eight yellow cards. So far, he hasn't even made a foul, apparently. Whether or not that will continue, we'll have to wait and see. But I just don't think FPL is the game where you need to buy Romero. I would look at Udogi or maybe Poro if you want to go a bit different. All right, let's talk about one of the hat-trick heroes from game week four. Evan Ferguson has been transferred in by just over 300,000 FPL managers. And guess what? He's injured. Now, I know what people are thinking. This is just a classic international break injury. He played in game week four. You get a couple of weeks off. Then he's going to play in game week five. And that might well be the case. But it's worth noting, he didn't just miss friendlies during the international break. He missed the Euro qualifiers for Ireland. And given that he's their best player... If he was fit, he definitely would have been selected and almost certainly would have started both games as well. So that is a bit of a concern. If you've already brought him in, wait and see what Deserby says. If he says he's fine, obviously keep hold of him. If he's going to be out for a few weeks, then maybe it's even worth a minus four if you don't have a good bench to bring someone else in instead. If you want to bring him in but you haven't done so yet, obviously definitely wait for that press conference, right? There's no point in moving early for a player that's flagged. But I also want to talk about... What if you want to bring him in and Deserby says that he's fine in the press conference? Is that still worth going for? Now, one other update that I would uh, look out for is Danny Welbeck because he does provide competition for that number nine position. And I know that 
the narrative will now be, well, the guy scored a hat-trick, how can he be dropped? But De Zerbi hasn't just learned that this guy is good. He was great last season as well. Lots of talk about him being the next £100 million plus player. He is probably going to move to a different club at some point within the next kind of, you know, two to three years. All these things are not new information. De Zerbi knows he's good, but what he has done is manage him. Last year, he only played one 90-minute game, and we've already seen so far this year, De Zerbi is happy to play well back in certain matches, right? Ferguson didn't even start the first two. Now, I think it's kind of promising that he started the last two and played 90 and 80 minutes, but it's also worth noting, no European matches. After game week five, Europa League starts, and if him and Welbeck are fit, they are going to rotate. Now, whether or not Welbeck's going to play the majority of games in Europe and Ferguson's going to play the majority of games in the Premier League or vice versa, I can't really tell you that right now. And it's even difficult to say which one of these two is first choice. Most of us would assume it's Ferguson, but why didn't he start the first two games of the season? Because I don't think he was injured or anything like that or even had a knock. If that's incorrect, by the way, leave me a comment below. But I don't think he did. And I just think with the fixture run they've got coming up, there's probably no need to rush to bring him in. I mean, don't get me wrong, Man United away for an attacker is not a bad fixture. They're defensively an absolute shambles. Then it's Bournemouth at home in game week six. Can Brighton score against Villa away, Liverpool at home, Man City away? Yes. But the amount of goals they're going to score is surely going to come down a little bit. So I just don't know if right now is the right time to buy him, if that flag comes off. Obviously, if he's injured, then definitely don't buy him. But even if the flag comes off, I just wonder if there's better moves that we can make. And look, you've missed the hat trick. The fixtures coming up aren't that bad. But unless you can be certain he's going to play kind of 70 plus minutes in most matches, is he worth a spot in our squad? I'd say probably not right now. If you think he's going to start the next five to six game weeks, he's a fantastic price and definitely worth come, uh, bringing in. It just all depends on your kind of minutes evaluation. And for me, I'm probably going to ignore him for the time being, unless Welbeck is out for a long time. So this one I find a bit strange. Kieran Trippier has had over 129,000 transfers out this week. And I understand that so far his points have been awful. He's averaging 1.25 per match. And for 6.5 million, that's not good enough. But I guess the question is, what were people expecting from the first four games? they've had to play Villa, Man City, Liverpool and Brian all very good teams from an attacking point of view therefore clean sheets were always going to be hard to come by and I guess you could argue well if he's not getting me clean sheets I expect attacking returns and that's fair enough but again all four of those teams are no slouches defensively and if they are attacking a lot Trippier's probably got to do a bit more defensive work than maybe he would when the fixtures get better which is about to happen from game week five onwards he's still putting up 0.18 expected assists per 90 is that as good as last year no will that improve with the fixtures they've got possibly so i don't think it's the right time to sell him i don't necessarily think that brentford at home is a great fixture for a defensive return but i would back newcastle at home in most games and then afterwards they got sheffield united away burnley at home west ham away and crystal palace at home so the fixture run is pretty good I think, as always, there's a bit of nuance with anything you're discussing. Nothing is ever black and white. Do I think Trippier is a good option going forward? Yes. Do I think he's even worth 6.5 million? He definitely could be. But for some people, maybe you need to downgrade him to make an attacking upgrade elsewhere. If you do, then fair enough. Even if it's like Trippier to share to free up 1.5 million, that might let you... Um, 
sorry, might give you enough money to do what you need to do with your attackers. And in that situation, fair enough. But if you're just getting rid of him because he hasn't scored enough points yet, well, that could easily change with the fixtures they've got. And I know people are throwing out the stats. I think it's like two clean sheets in 20 games. It's not great whatsoever. But here's what I would ask you. Where would you rate the Newcastle defence in general? I would say they're probably a top five defence in the league at the moment, given how good they've been like kind of last year and how much we can't really take away from the first four games. If you agree with that, and then you look at that fixture run, then surely that's a good bet for clean sheets, even if they have, haven't happened very much so far. The other thing to kind of discuss, which I've already gone over a few times in other videos this week, is the rotation potential with the Champions League. It could happen, but I think it's being exaggerated. There are lots of teams that are going to play in Europe, and lots of players from those teams that are going to play every single match when they're fit. Look at Man United, for example. No one's expecting Fernandez or Rashford or Casemiro or players like that to be rotated because they got Champions League. I know Newcastle aren't necessarily used to it. They didn't have Europe last year. I know they've bought Liveramento, but Trippi is one of their key players. If he's fit and available, Eddie Howe is going to play him as much as possible. So I'm not saying it's impossible right, for him to be rotated. It definitely could happen. But I, I think it's being exaggerated. And I think if you thought Trippier was a good option before, he's still a good option now. The only reason I would sell him is if you desperately need that money for another move. So Brian Inbermo continues to be really popular. Nearly 200,000 transfers in this week. And he's actually the second most transferred in player so far this season. Since game week one, he's gained nearly 1.92 million new owners. The only player to beat that is Ben Chilwell with just over 2 million. And there's a reason that Inbermo's popular. Four game weeks so far and four goals. Really nice price tag. Still under 7 million two of those goals from open play two of those goals from penalties the question that keeps coming up is is it too late to buy him have i missed the boat and the answer this week is the same as the last few weeks no you haven't yet missed the boat mostly because of the fixtures from game week six onwards so in game week six they got everton at home we know how good of a fixture that is especially if you own jordan pickford they are awful defensively then it's forest away in game week seven man united away in game week eight they've been a shambles defensively so far this season uh, brentford will definitely cause man united problems even away from home then it's burnley at home in game week nine so that block of four fixtures still looks really nice this week it's newcastle away that is not a fixture that i would necessarily target for an attacker so then it really comes down to what is your reason for bringing in Burmo in if it's because you're sick of missing out on the points and you just want him going forward you could potentially put off that transfer until game week six and just bring someone in this week with a better fixture that is something that I would look at. If you're having to sell a midfielder that's injured or suspended or you need to downgrade to someone cheaper to upgrade another position, then I think it's perfectly reasonable to still bring in Burmo in this week. His underlying numbers are looking good. 0.46 expected goals per 90, 0.13 expected assists. And it's worth noting that those expected goal numbers are without penalties obviously him having penalties is a bonus but the numbers are still good without that and also when you're looking at expected goals expected assists per 90 it is worth putting a bit of context behind that and with Burmo, he's pretty much always going to be on the pitch for 90 minutes as well so he's just an all-round great option with really good fixtures for a really nice price point and I don't like in fact, I never label players as season keepers because even Erling Haaland at some point will probably be sold over because he's injured or because there's a little bit of a fixture run where you just want to sell him and then bring him back a couple of weeks later. That happened last week around kind of blank and double game weeks. So I don't like labeling anyone as a season keeper. But what I do like about Burmo is even if you think the fixtures get a bit tougher after game week nine, 
Like and they do to be fair, right? In game week ten, it's Chelsea away, then it's West Ham at home, Liverpool away, Arsenal at home. If you've got to keep hold of him because he's always going to play. And he's going to play as a striker in those more difficult fixtures because Brentford will probably move to a back three and he's on penalties. Because of that price, he could continue to tick over and still be worth holding on to. He's never going to be an issue for you, I would say. And that's why I like him so much. So there will be a time when I might sit here and say, no, it probably is a bit too late to bring him in or there's someone better you could target instead. Like if you were buying him in game week eight for Man United away, Burnley at home, they're not bad fixtures, but when you combine it all the way up until game week 13... They then got to play between 8 and 13, Man United, Chelsea, Liverpool and Arsenal. That might not be the best time to bring him in, but if you've already got him, it might not be the worst thing to hold on to him. So, yeah, I think he's a really good option. Some people might say he's been lucky because he's had two penalties, scored a goal uh, right near the end of one of the games as well. But we buy players because they've got penalties. That's the one of the bonuses to owning them. And when you've got good numbers anyway, then you're just a good pick. And that's what he is. So he's not essential for this week newcastle away is a difficult fixture but if you need to make a midfield change and you want someone for the next four to five weeks he's a great option still so lots of people looking to get rid of nicholas jackson this week over two hundred and fifty thousand transfers out already and i get it he has been frustrating so far if we look at the first four game weeks three of them have been one pointers because he's already picked up three yellow cards he's only two away from suspension that's ridiculous especially this early on in the season for a striker i think two at least maybe all three of those yellow cards have come from like descent or kicking the ball away or asking for a yellow card and stuff like that so if he can just learn that the refs are refing a different way now and cut that out of his game that shouldn't be a problem moving forward but it's just something to kind of bear in mind i don't think possible suspension from two more yellows is enough reason to get rid of him but obviously if you are frustrated enough and you do have a spare transfer then there's no issue with kind of selling him to someone else i think for me as someone that does own him I'm quite encouraged by not just the fixture run they've got, but also his underlying numbers. 0.76 expected goals per 90, 0.24 expected assists. He is getting into the right positions, but as I've said many times over the last few weeks, he is very young, very, uh, let me get my words out here, very inexperienced. He is going to miss those chances at times, and it could be frustrating. So if you're kind of sick of that already, then I get why you've moved him on, but he's not someone that I look at in my team that thinks, and think it's absolutely essential to get rid of him good underlying numbers and good fixtures Bournemouth away Villa at home Fulham away and Burnley away it'd be nice if some of those green fixtures were at home instead but I would bet on Chelsea scoring in every single one of those games and he is the one that's most likely to score as well in that team I guess Sterling as well but Jackson's right up there so I would look at it as if you've got a spare transfer and you want to get rid of him fair enough but if you're starting to look at taking him out for a hit or something like that it's just not worth it if you've got transfers that are higher priority there's no harm in keeping jackson for the fixtures they've got there's also really hard well hardly any competition in that chelsea squad for that number nine position you got broyer who's obviously coming back from an injury and at some point he is going to get minutes so we can see how that affects jackson but he's been out for a long time he's not going to start anytime soon it's probably going to be minutes off the bench instead so i think jackson for kind of 80 minutes plus still looks good for the next couple of fixtures the only thing i'm slightly concerned about is it's all well and good sitting here saying the underlying numbers are good, so are the fixtures. It does remind me a little bit of Darwin Nunez last year, and obviously he is a fantastic player, but he had good numbers and kept missing chances. But also, Chelsea specifically, what about Timo Werner? He always got into the right positions and never scored the goals. And that chance that Jackson had against Nottingham Forest, that felt very Werner-ish, right? Most times, kind of 9 out of 10 other strikers would score that goal. So for him to put it over... 
again, it is very frustrating. I do wonder if that's what we're going to continue to see moving forward. But I guess you can frame it how you like, depending on whether you want to keep them or not. Like Liverpool at home, West Ham away, not necessarily easy fixtures. First, really easy fixture, Luton, he scores. And against Forrest on another day, he probably puts that ball in the back of the net. He's got two returns and two easy fixtures. And then we're looking at the next upcoming four and saying, yeah, he's probably worth holding on to. So I've got him. I'm probably not going to move him on. I, I know the players that people are looking at. Like Alvarez, I get it. Ferguson, obviously, he's injured. Doesn't matter. If Darwin's starting regularly, he's a good option. I don't think there's... I don't think it's a, it's, it's a bad decision to move him on, but it's definitely not one that you need to do if you've got other fires to put out. So goalkeepers don't tend to make it into the transfer tips videos, but Anana has been sold by nearly 150,000 FPL managers this week, so I thought he was worth discussing. And the question that I would ask to anyone that's thinking about selling him is similar to what I spoke about with Trippier. What were you expecting from the first four game weeks? So if we look at the matches that Man United have had, it's two good home games against Wolves and Forest. And then two difficult away games, especially for clean sheets, against Spurs and Arsenal. So if I'm looking at that block of four fixtures in pre-season, thinking to myself, how many clean sheets do I expect? It's two maximum because of the two good home games. They haven't hit that, which is not ideal. I get that. But they've only got one less. So I would have expected two. They've got one. And before everyone puts it in the comments, I agree. The clean sheet against Wolves was lucky, but I'm only talking about outcomes here. So what's happened so far not the end of the world, especially with the fixtures they got coming up. The thing that would worry me a little bit more is the expected goals conceded. Not against Spurs and Arsenal. They were always going to be difficult games. But 2.27 expected goals conceded against Wolves. 1.24 against Forest. So a bit of improvement there. But ultimately, from watching Man United, they have not been great defensively. And so there are some concerns about that moving forward. But then if we look at the fixtures they've got coming up, Brighton at home, Burnley away, Palace at home, Brentford at home, Sheffield United away. Should we expect a bit of improvement with those games? I think the answer is probably yes. Like Brighton are definitely going to uh, cause Man United some problems. But after that, if you're looking at Burnley away, Palace at home, Brentford at home, Sheffield United away, how many clean sheets are you expecting there? I think two would be perfectly fair to kind of say. And if that's the case, how many other goalkeepers out there do you think you're going to keep more clean sheets than that? So I, I think Anana's a bit like Nicholas Jackson. If you've got a spare transfer and you're just frustrated with him and how Man United are playing, the fact they got Brighton this week and you want to go to a different goalkeeper, there's no issues with that whatsoever. I wouldn't massively argue against it, but he's certainly not a priority sell. I think the fixtures they've got coming up are better than the ones they've had, and we should expect that clean sheet potential to go up a little bit as well. And for most people, like I'm not against goalkeeper transfer. I spoke about this last game with Pickford. Not against them at all, but they're usually quite low priority in terms of what the best move is to make. And I think with everything going on right now, with you know Madison and Son being heavily transferred in for Sheffield United at home, lots of good midfielders in general, people wanting to change their forwards around, there's probably better moves than you can make instead of taking Anana out. So I'm not an owner, it's easy for me to sit here and say that, but I own Pickford who's probably even worse, and I'm not even thinking about selling him right now anyway. And also, if you own Matt Turner and you think he's going to start this week, you don't even have to play Anana against Brian. You could play Matt Turner against Burnley instead. So if you're an Anana owner, let me know what you're doing in the comments below. If you've enjoyed that video, make sure to give it a like and hit that subscribe button. If you listen on podcast, rate five stars and leave a review as well. And if you haven't already checked out Fantasy Football Hub, there's a seven-day free trial at the moment and up to 30% off. All the links you need are in the description below. I'll catch you again tomorrow. Sports Social Podcast Network.